the journey and its adventures. The journey and its adventures. We, um, we, we started this series last week, and I know everybody's traveling this time of year, and we're in and out, but I, I would uh, encourage you to keep up on the podcast if you can. The journey and its adventures. And so as I'm writing this message, I, I pin this, this next quote right here. Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. So knowing God is the main storyline of the journey. And it is the greatest of adventures. So we have to ask ourselves this question today. Is my relationship with God a great adventure? Or is it just kind of like church on Sunday, got to go back to work on Monday? You do know God can go to work with you. Do you know that? No, because my boss is Satan. Well, <laughs> God trumps that. So he can, God can go to work with you, right? It, it, it's totally possible. So knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and its greatest of adventures. How do we know God? I don't understand how this service gets up later than the 830 service, and the 830 service is so much more awake than you are. This is perplexing to me, and I'm going to pray about it this week. I'm going to pray you can't sleep. I'm just kidding. God has given us this Bible. He's given us his word so that we can know him, so that we can, we, we can figure out this whole concept, the mysteries of God between us and God. And so knowing God, is we know him by reading his word. Look, look at this, this scripture right here, Psalms 25, 4 and 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. Wow. Show me your ways. How did God show us his ways? Through the word of God, through the Bible. Guide me in your truth. What is truth? The Bible's truth. And teach me how do we get taught through the Bible. For you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. So you get this this concept of if I'm going to know God, I have to read his word. Because the word of God is God's seed that deep, lands deep in my life. And, and so I've got to dig, dig into it. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Hebrews 5.12 says this. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. If you've just recently been saved, milk's fine. But I would submit to you today that some of us have been sitting in churches all of our lives are still drinking milk. Mm. This isn't going to be fun today. It's not going to be fun at all. It wasn't fun to write. In other words, we should be at a place in our walk with God where we're digging so deep that, that we have a spiritual maturity about ourselves, it says in Corinthians, that, that produces fruit. And, and so, but... We don't do it. Do you, you know every answer to every question you'll ever have in life is in this book? What if you, what if you found like some kind of therapist or somebody and said, look, you, I'll pay you a thousand bucks a month if you can answer every question for me anytime I ask it. You'd do that. A lot of us in this room would do that. Heck Yeah. That means I don't have to work anymore. I'll just ask that guy. 
That's what the Bible is to us. So, in fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all, God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. In other words, the writer of Hebrews is saying, by now, you should be eating meats. But you're not getting it, so I'm going to give you milk. And again, if you've just recently been saved, drink the milk. Drink the milk and, and grow in God. So, so what, what I did, I got a, I got a friend here. What are y'all laughing at? You don't even know what I got yet. She's real. She's been hanging out on the bar stool. Yeah. Not a good start. Yeah. So can you help me? Do you mind helping me? You take so it it would be absolutely unbelievably ridiculous for me. What what's this baby supposed to be drinking? Milk, right? So it would be so ridiculous for me to take this. Is this a porterhouse? <laughs> Ask him to give me a steak. You could have got like one of those little rounds. You didn't do it. Who, yeah, that's a nice steak. <laughs> T bone. Okay. All right. So how ridiculous would it be for me to take the steak and try to shove it in my my little baby's mouth. <laughs> Stupid, isn't it? Right? Because this baby needs milk. It doesn't need steak. Doesn't work, does it? However, how even more ridiculous would it be It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that boy needs a raise. He needs a raise. So just as ridiculous as it is that Anthony would sit in my lap and try to drink out of a bottle, so it is ridiculous sometimes with God in my own life when God says, Jason, you should be way past this point in your walk with me, and you're still, like, not even scratching the surface with me. Wow. Sunday's not enough. You hear me? Sunday's not enough. you got to have time with God in the Word. So, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so what, what keeps the seed of the Word of God from falling deep in my life. I would submit to you today that if, you're, if you've ever been to a farm and you know any kind of farmer, farming is all about good soil. That's what it's about. If you want anything to grow, you've got to have the right soil for it to grow in. Matthew 13, Jesus is telling this story, and he, he's telling it in, in reference to the geography of where he's at. 13, 3 through 9, the book of Matthew. Then he told them how many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed, As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. 
Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced the crop 160 or 30 times that what was sown. He who has ears, let him, say it with me. Wow. You think about listening to a teacher. And how many of you have those teachers or had those teachers or have those teachers that will be giving you like a, a lecture on what the, ex- the exam, and they'll stop and they'll say, hey, you may want to pay attention to this one. Y'all remember those teachers? Freaking awesome teachers, right? Because then you wake up and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm paying attention now, right? You may because it might be on the exam. So anytime a teacher says, if you really need to listen to this, you probably ought to listen. And that's what Jesus is doing right here. So let's get into this. Knowing God intimately, the journey and its adventures. A hard heart keeps me from knowing God intimately. Matthew 13, 4. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. The path. The path. What's the path? What do people do on a path? And what happens to the path after enough people walk on it? Gets hard. Gets completely hard. Therefore, we call it a path. Rain and I had the opportunity to be at the Masters back in April, and it's like a Disneyland of golf. Everything is like perfect. But you automatically knew where you were allowed to walk because the path didn't look like the rest of the golf course. It was brown. It was beat down. It was, it was hard. And so you knew, yeah, we can go through there. See, in our lives... We go through things that harden us. In a sense, people walk all over us. And if we're not careful, no matter how old you are, you might be in here and be in high school and college. You might be old. You might be grandma. And, and um, you, you've been through things in your life. If we're not careful, we can produce a hardness of our heart that keeps the seed, the word of God, from falling deep into good soil. See, because if I, if I associate God's love for me with circumstance of my life and things that have happened in my life, the way my parents failed me or the way that I failed my parents or the way that I fa- failed my kids or the way that they failed me or the, the marriage that didn't work out or the business venture that I got uh, upended on, then I read the Bible and I read it in such a way where, I, you know what, I'm going to read my Bible because that's what I'm supposed to do. It's like you might as well watch Sports Center. Like you might as well do something else. Because if our heart is hardened, that seed is is it just in the book of Luke, Mark and Luke tells this same parable. In the book of Luke, it says Satan comes and steals it away. Satan comes and steals that seed away. So if you're if you have hardened places in your life that you've not dealt with yet. You can read this book all day long and and get a little bit out of it, but at some point, Satan's going to come take advantage of the issue in your life that you've not dealt with yet, and you're still hard in that area of your life, and the seed that you've sown, the Word of God, into your life is going to be snatched away. Application. You got to deal with those hard places. You got to deal with them. We... We purpose of this church to be very real with one another, and dealing with hardened places in our life is not fun. It's not fun at all. It's like going to the dentist. 
It's not fun. But at some point, the discomfort of what's going on in your mouth and up your jaw and down your neck becomes so great that you're like, you shoot me if you have to. Just get this thing out of here. See, it's not, it's not fun to deal with hardened places in our heart, but it's very necessary if we want seed of the Word of God to fall on good parts and good soil. Good? Next thing, number two. The journey into adventures, knowing God intimately, not being willing to go deep keeps me from knowing God intimately. Matthew 13, 5 and 6. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was so shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Go back to the point. You look at this. Not being willing to go deep keeps me from knowing God intimately. Some fell in rocky places. Now, we got to stop for a second and we got have to remember where Jesus is telling the story. Geographically, he's telling this story in a place, it's all rock. Most of it's rock. Unless you cleared it out and had an actual garden that you plowed up, most, most of that area is just rock. And so what would happen certain times of year, when it, it would cool off a little bit, there would be certain kinds of seeds that would fall on top of rocks, and then the morning dew would come, and it would, it would irrigate that seed, and then you would actually have stuff growing on top of rocks. Anybody ever slipped on a boat ramp? Come on, tell the truth. Yeah. You know, you know that stuff under the water? You're like, how's that stuff there? Same thing. You see, you see moss on top of a rock? Well, things would actually grow out of rocks, on top of rocks, not out of rocks. But then when a certain time of year would roll around, they'd spring up, and the sun would come up and get really, really hot, then it would scorch the plants because they had no root. They had no water system. They had no stability. They had no, they didn't have anything to draw from because they, they, they didn't go deep. They were just shallow, and they were like, hey, look at me. I'm a plant. I'm so special, I grew on a rock. Ah! Think about it for a second. And, and I, would, I, would, I would submit to you today that, that when we're not reading our, the Bible and we, we don't have good soul in our life, we're just shallow. We're just shallow people. And when all hell breaks loose in our life, we start running around in circles chasing our own tail and whining and crying to everybody else because we have no roots. I'm telling you, a pastor that can get his church to read their Bible is going to work himself out of a job. I'm telling you the truth. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a job for the rest of my life. <laughs> but it's like, now, going deep takes work. It does. Go, going deep with God, not staying on that shallow place, it takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. And we talk about this every couple of weeks. It's not easy to have a quiet time. It's not easy to get up early to read your Bible. It is not easy but it's worth it. Anything worth having is worth working for, right? And so some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Go to verse 6. six yeah, you go. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Application this week. Dig a little deeper. Just dig a little deeper. In your walk with God, maybe you're not having a quiet time right now. Two minutes this week. Two minutes. Give God two minutes of your day. 
Maybe, maybe you've been spending five minutes with God, give him ten. Go deeper. There's no reason on this side of heaven that we should not have any reason for knowledge of God. I mean, you can Google stuff. Be careful with that. You, you, can, you, know, you can get devotions. Just read your Bible and pray. Just read your Bible and hang out with God. Go deeper. Uh, there are certain people in my life I just love to hang out with. I just, I just love to be around them because it's just, it's just fun to be around them. And, and they're, most of them are intelligent, deep people are just fun to be around. Um, so so when, when, I, when I talk about going deep with God, this is what comes to my mind. This is how I, this is how I, I view my relationship or my time spent with God, hanging out. I just love to hang out with God. Just hanging out. You say, oh, Jason, that's sacrilegious. Okay, well, you call it whatever you want to. I love to hang out with God. I love to open this book and read it and then sit there and soak and listen and just be with God. It's not that complicated. The Bible says, if you draw near to me, God says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Wow. Man, we can't get so busy that we forget that. And so... If I'm going to know God intimately and let the seed of his word fall on good soil, I have to, by all means, spend time with him and be willing to go deeper. I don't care how long you've known the Lord. See, every other religion in this, pretty much, pretty much every other religion in, in the world, at some point you reach enlightenment, right? At some point you become you, you get to the Mecca. You get, you get, you're enlightened to the point where you don't need to learn anything else. And then you get to teach others. So there's no reason to go deep anymore because you, you're already enlightened. So, so I'm getting ahead of myself. I love this series. Next thing. The cares of this world keep me from knowing God intimately. Matthew 13, 7. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Other... So I think it's either in Mark or Luke where it talks about the cares, the cares of this world are thorns. Thorns grow on vines. Vines choke things out. So walk with me right here. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have a Facebook? Are you, how many of you have a Facebook? God's watching. Okay. <laughs> how many of you checked your Facebook yesterday? How many of you checked it before you came to church this morning? Don't raise your hand on this one. How many of you read your Bible yesterday? Don't raise your hand on this one. <laughs> Show-offs. <laughs> you make, make all the rest of us feel bad. Do you realize that our relationship with God is totally in reference to his grace, his love, and mercy through Jesus Christ. And after that, it goes back to us. Our greatest resource is time. How much time are we spending with God? I told you this wasn't going to be fun. Think about your own. Do some personal inventory right now. Your own life. I mean, we are so, so, so caught up in the things of this world that there may be days or weeks or even months that we go without even picking up the Bible, thus we're going to church. Because then, yeah, yeah, I'm good, yeah. You know what? 
God's saying, look, come, draw near to me. Let's hang out. Let's, let's do life together. And when we don't do that and we get so busy, we get so busy with what people think about us and we get so busy with social media, we get so busy with work, we get so, and none of those things are, are completely bad. We get so busy parenting, we get so busy staying married, we get busy, 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 busy. It is staying married. It takes work. Some of you would say amen to that. Yeah, it takes work. So then what we figure out is we, we, we wake up one day and we have no root system and we feel like we're being choked. And, and even when we press away and we're so tired, we say, but God, I'm going to read my Bible today. We're so caught up in the cares of this world. It chokes the seed of the word of God out in our life. It just chokes it, chokes it. And it can't, it can't grow roots. It can't come to fruition. It can't do what it was created to do. Y'all getting this? So, so knowing God's the main storyline of the journey, and it's the greatest of adventures. It is the adventure. The cares of this world keep me from knowing God intimately because I'm either going to serve this world or I'm going to serve God. If I serve God first, the world's just going to fall in line. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All the other stuff's going to fall in line like a train. If the, if the, not the caboose, what's in front, the engine? The little, okay, thank you. Yeah. The, a little, if the little engine that could is going the right way, the whole train's going to follow. Right? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Anybody, y'all remember that? I think I can, I think I can. I did. And one day we'll stand before God and he'll say, you did. You did. You thought you could. I told you you could because I told you my word. You could do all things through me, and so you did. Wow, number four. Knowing God intimately produces fresh fruit in my life every day. Matthew 13, 8 and 9. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Again, Jesus is saying, you better pay attention to this. Why don't you listen up for a second? Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Knowing God intimately produces fresh fruit in my life every day. Some days are awesome and it's 100-fold. Some days are okay and it's 60-fold. Some days are, are decent and it's 30-fold. And I would just submit to you today, some days maybe it's 10-fold. And some days maybe it's just one-fold. But if you spend time with God every day of your life, you're going to produce fresh fruit for those people around you. You ever let fruit rot in your house? You, have you? Me and Rain aren't the only one? Okay. It took us years to find out that if you left limes somewhere long enough, there were bugs that came out of them or something, right? And we'd be like, where are those coming from? This is years ago. And I don't know. She's like, check the windows. And then they're fruit flies. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's little bugs. Some of you are going, that's where they're coming from. <laughs> I thought they were coming from my teenager's room. <laughs> oh. but, but fresh fruit, there's something about fresh fruit, like watermelon. I love watermelon. I mean, it, I, I, I love watermelon. I don't know how else to say it. Just like, mm. it's God's goodness to me, watermelon. Fresh. 
fresh watermelon. There's nothing like it. So, so you, you think about this idea of fresh fruit for those around you and for the world. Rotten fruit stinks. It just does. It stinks until you find it and throw it out. Then it stinks in the trash. Then it stinks in the outside trash can. Then it stinks until they come get it. It stinks. And if we're not careful, we can become stinky Christians. Seriously. Because here, here's the deal. If, if many of you, like myself, are involved with people who, who don't come to church and don't want to have anything to do with church, they'll tell you that some of the Christians they know are the meanest people. They stink. They're rude. Self-righteous. And I would submit to you today, you find someone like that that professes to be a Christian, you can ask them point blank, what is your relationship with God like and how much time do you spend with him? Because if we're not careful, we become professional. I said this a couple weeks ago, professional Christians. Not, yeah, got this. We're good. Not willing to go deep. And then there's no fresh fruit that's being produced in my life daily. I want to be that type of person that, that goes out anywhere in the world, first of all, in my home, that people are like, hey, I can tell you spent time with God this morning. Because when you spend time with God somewhere out throughout the day, there's just some, there's just like a glow about you. Husbands in this room, you want to impress your wife, read your Bible. She said, I thought I had to make more money. Nope, just read your Bible. Because they will so appreciate the fact that you're reading your Bible, and then that leads to good things. So, so read your Bible. <laughs> just read your Bible. You know what I'm saying? If I am going to know God intimately, it's going to produce fresh fruit in my life every day. Am I going to knock it out of the park every day? Absolutely not. No. But there's going to be some fruit that comes about my life that day because I spent time with God. So if knowing God is the main storyline, and, and, you know, I love, I used to not like movies, but my wife has converted me, so I have to like movies now. And she has to like sports. It's mutual. Yeah, amen. Give me some help there. But any good movie or good book, we read books together a lot. Um, any, it's got this main storyline that you can't get away from. Shifts here, shifts there. But there's this main storyline. God is the main storyline in our journey. Should be. And it is, that is the adventure, knowing him. And so if I'm going to know him intimately, it's going to produce fresh fruit in my life every day. Good? Last thing. The adventure of knowing God has no end. Again, I've mentioned every other religion, most every other religion has a, a, a place of enlightenment where you've learned all that you can learn, and then you just go into duty mode. You just go through things, and you do them, and, and then you teach other people to learn what you learned, and da da da, da. Now watch this. And I, I hope... This wrecks you like it wrecked me this week while I was reading it. Job 26, 7 through 14 says this. Talking about God. Job's going through a little rough patch here. And everybody in his life is saying, why don't you just quit? And he's talking to one of his friends right now. And he says this. They're saying, look, give up on God. God doesn't even know where you're at. Verse 7, Job 26. 
He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. Think about that for a second. I mean, we've gotten educated beyond our intelligence. And so when we think about the earth, we are rotating right now over nothing. Do you understand this? We're spinning very fast right now, like over nothing. And we know that because someone figured it out through education or through technology. Job knows this because God told him. Think about this. It's way back in the Old Testament. Job's going, hey, he, see, this, we're suspended over nothing. And Job knew this. He wraps up the waters in his clouds. Yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. God. Next time you see a cloud and it's about to rain, stop and think about this. God, you did that. You did that. Remember that picture I showed you? That made me think of that. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon on the face of the waters for a boundary between light and darkness. If you've been to the beach lately at sunrise, or the next time you get an opportunity to go, think about that. There's a distinct separation between darkness and when it starts to get light. I love it. I love it. I try to do it every morning and I'm not doing something else. The pillars of heaven quake, aghast at his rebuke. By his power, he churned up the sea. By his wisdom, he cut Rahab to pieces. By his breath, the skies became fair. His hand pierced the gliding serpent. So this is just, I could have went for days on scriptures in the Bible of God's greatness. So this is the God that we read about. Now watch what Job says right here. And this is the challenge for for us as Christ followers. And these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him. Who then can understand the thunder of his power? These are but the outer fringe. Like we're not even getting close to understanding who God is. So in other words, our relationship with God and knowing God is the greatest adventure because it never ends. Every day of our life, we can go deeper in God. We can learn something else about God. He will reveal himself in different ways until we get to heaven. And then we have millions and millions and millions and millions and forever to get to know God. Job's like, look, you, you don't understand. He stores the hell up in storehouses for times of trouble. He brings the snow. He does. Job says all these things. And then he goes, but this is just the outer fringe outer fringe. Like, in other words, we're just, we're just kind of scratching the surface on who God is. Let that birth something in you that would lead you to spend time with God this week. Not, not because somebody else is telling you to or somebody else is doing it. Press away with God. Get a Bible. If you don't have one, they're at the tent or they're under, they're under a chair in front of you. Do you. Like, get a devotion. Spend some time with God this week and allow Him to, to just pull you in draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Just the outer fringes. See, the greatest adventure of knowing God is the fact that it has no end. We we can never know God good enough. So, here's a question I have for you. Would you take that challenge this week? And the second question, maybe you're here today and you say, well, I don't know that I know God. The Bible says, no one comes to the Father except to the Son. In other words, you can't really begin to know God and start your journey until you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. 
What's that mean, Jason? It means I take my faith that God gave me, and I put it in Jesus as my personal Savior, and then my journey begins. It's just a faith. It's a belief. It's a faith. Maybe you're here today, and you need a fresh start. You need a new beginning. I would just say, what a great day to do that. What a great day to do that. Would you bow your head all this place? If that's you and you say, Jason, I do. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I'm ready to start my journey with God. The way I've been living has not really been working out. But today I feel God knocking on my heart. If that's you all over this place, just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. Awesome. Anyone else? I don't want to miss anybody. I see your hand. Thanks. You just put it right back down. Incredible. By virtue of you doing that, your journey just started. So right now, right where you're sitting, pray this prayer with me. Father, I love you and thank you, God, for chasing me. And thank you that right now, by my faith in Jesus, your love, your grace, and your mercy are flooding my soul. And you're giving me a new start. And right now, I'm confessing that I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He was born of a virgin. I believe that he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe he was placed in a grave, and I believe he rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe he's coming back for me one day. So God, give me the boldness to walk this decision out. In Jesus' name, amen.